I wouldn't be where I am now with him if, if it wasn't for you. And I like the way that you break things down. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Now that I have something that I feel like I can really work at. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 28-year-old Rosalind, who has been in and out of therapy for the last six months, yet struggles with overcoming the dishonesty and unfaithfulness, as she calls it, in her relationship with 28-year-old Jack. Rosalind hopes that I can provide insight and guidance that she has been unable to find so far so that she can overcome her doubts and move on in her relationship. Welcome, Rosalind. Thank you so much, Paula. So excited to be on and speaking to you. Sure. Tell us about this relationship, how it started, and how long you've been in it. Yes, well, um, it started uh, back in 2017, uh, and I've been in it ever since. We met suddenly and uh, hit it off, and it quickly moved on to the next thing. And within, I'd say, four to five months, we were living together. And ever since, we've been living together. Uh, we've gone through, you know, our fair share of bickering and fights about things as um, we were getting to know each other while living together. Uh, we kind of did, you know, the dating was quick and then we moved on to, to living together and getting to see each other uh, a lot more than I have seen anyone else. And uh, it's just been a different type of relationship for me. And, you know, over time, we've spoken about the next thing and the future. Uh, and it's all been, you know, great, even though we've had our challenges, we've overcome them. And it hasn't been easy by any means. But I've grown to love him very much and uh, value our relationship and um, the time that we share together. So it was really difficult this past summer when I found out that he was having an emotional affair with a coworker. And uh, the way that we fight, uh, I didn't want to bring it up right away. I did find it by snooping, which I'm not proud of, but I just had a gut feeling and I went with it. That was six months ago or so, and ever since then, I've, as you said, been in and out of therapy, trying to figure out how I'm going to approach the situation. More recently, in the last few weeks, I actually brought it up. I couldn't take it anymore. We were looking um, for a new place to live together, and uh, I felt really overwhelmed, and it uh, came out like word vomit, and I brought it up. I said, hey, listen, you know, I kind of need to get something off my chest. You know, this is what I know. Uh, this is how I know, uh, you know, I've asked you about it in the past, you lied to me, and uh, I, I just don't want to, you know, be lied to, I need you to know that this is how I'm feeling at this point in time, and I've developed a lot of anxiety over it, you know, it really hurts me at this point in time, um, and I can't get it out of my mind, um, however, now that it is out in the open, we have had a quick conversation about it, he is willing to 
do the work to help me feel better. However, I don't know if there is anything that I can ask of him at this point because I feel like I'm having a difficult time just, you know, looking at him and and not thinking that he's going to do that again. It did drag on for a while and I went through a really difficult time in my life, in our life, in our relationship. He, you know, for a month after I found out, he acted really childishly and uh, turned it on to me and it was really toxic and I definitely should have cut the cord then, but I didn't. And, um, and now I'm in the situation where at 28, uh, you know, not, I know that I have a lot of time to figure the rest of my life out and kind of see where things go and and that, but I do genuinely love this person and I really do want it to work. I just want to know if from what I'm sharing with you, if this is a me problem at this point where I'm holding myself back and not letting myself overcome since, you know, he's willing to do whatever. I just, I feel really stuck at this point, you know? Yes. I heard something in there that might be kind of the crux of it. Not sure, so I'm going to ask you about it. And that is right after, you said for about a month or so, he was acting out or doing something really childish, something in there. What exactly happened? So when I found out, when I discovered my D-Day, I guess you could call it, um, I'd taken a week off in the summer and we'd spent some time together just relaxing and uh, I'd noticed he was acting differently so I couldn't take it anymore and uh, we were returning to work one morning and I asked him, I need you to unlock your phone. Even though I had already known and seen what I'd thought, he uh, resisted and then it became, you know, really nasty and he was like, if I do this, like we're done and I was like, okay, I need to know if I, you know, I need to just know for my own sanity because I can't take it anymore living with somebody like this. And he unlocked his phone and lo and behold, uh, it was the start of their relationship, if we want to call it that. And quickly after that had happened, he flipped the script on me, you know, my issues with, you know, having to unlock his phone and just completely, you know, putting me in the corner for overreacting he as he called it or lashing out and then I couldn't uh, it was about four days after I couldn't stand like sleeping in the same bed and like living in the same space and he was coming home late from work and uh, it all started when he like lied to me about staying late at work which was really random and weird and that's when my gut feeling started to act up and then he started behaving differently and then when I'd asked him it blew up and then we didn't talk for a couple of days we you know we're still living together so I couldn't take it I left at that point like I was so hurt and so shocked and so defeated like I didn't know what to think and I definitely couldn't be in that environment so when I'd come home and I'd left our space and I'd put space between us I was constantly receiving text messages for a month straight of him saying things like you know I was interested in in all these other guys during our time together and sexually and uh you know I wanted to get to know these people and uh you know I'm too friendly with people and you know I work retail at the time and um, I started off in men's retail when we had met and naturally and I'm I'm an outgoing person but I do value relationship and you know after five years together like I don't 
feel like I should be having to vouch for that. Like I feel like he's just taking certain qualities and then he was spinning them on me. And then, um, so my phone blew up for a month straight, essentially. I got to a point where I couldn't show up at work anymore. Um, I couldn't wake up for myself anymore. Um, I had no energy and I honestly, I just like, I gave up. I quit my job. I needed to just be for a while to get my thoughts, you know, right. My mind was, I didn't know, like I couldn't even begin to put one word to how I was feeling because it was so many things and I lost myself um, for a little bit, but that's what happened to answer your question. Sorry. That's what happened during that month. How did it happen that you got back together at that time? So about a short time after that month, uh, I woke up one day and I was like, I can't take this anymore. So I told him, listen, if this is what it's come to, like, I can't take it anymore. You know, lose my number. Like, I just, you know, made a decision. And then a few days later, he reached out to me and we had a conversation on the phone. And um, I was still very sore and tender from what had happened and I didn't really get like the closure that I would have liked to or you know it didn't wouldn't be an ideal situation he called me and said you know listen I want to make you happy I want to try this out like I want to make it work there's no one else for you to worry about and at the time I was so happy I was ecstatic because I was so hurt and I felt so deceived and uh it felt good to hear him say that this type of situation isn't something that we've experienced in the past. So to see it get to that point was really hard to accept because prior to that, had anyone asked me if, you know, I'd ever feel like he would do something like that, I would say absolutely not. So when he called and said, you know, there's nobody else, I took his word for it. He said, the only thing is like, he didn't want to talk about the situation that had happened at all. He didn't want me to bring it up. It never happened. Nothing ever happened. So I said, okay. He had actually moved away for a while briefly. It was, there was a lot that happened in this last year. When he'd come back, we didn't move in together right away. He had come back and then we ended up splitting up the really brief period of all of this happening and this emotional roller coaster that I went through. So he came back and uh, that's when we said, okay, we're going to hit the reset button. And uh, he needed to reintegrate back into his life here. And it was a, a process. So over that time, we were still seeing each other and speaking and communicating regularly and just kind of going about our life. So I essentially just had to turn a blind eye to what had happened and what I had known, which was a lot more than he thinks I know because I essentially read every conversation. Uh, but I didn't go into detail with it, with him, to what exactly I knew because fighting with him isn't exactly the easiest thing to do. You know, he gets very abrasive and very hostile. And it, uh, over time, makes you, you know, you touch the, the hot stove enough times and you get burned. So at this point, I knew, like, the only thing that I could do if I really wanted it to work, which I, I do, um, and I did, was I had to really pretend like nothing happened or take his word that nothing happened. But obviously, I'm lying to myself. So I lied to myself for about six months. Yeah, that conversation happened um, 
just a couple weeks ago where I essentially just told him, listen, I can't, I can't do this anymore and I need to take some time and I need to figure out what I need to do next. And that's where you are right now? Yes. So are you living together now or not? Um, we are not right now. Had you ever moved back in after this whole thing happened? No, I did not. So it's been, it's been about six and a half months or so. So what do you want? Out of the relationship? I do want it to work. Um, I just, if we can't have a conversation about the situation, then I need to figure out how to trust him again, essentially, I suppose, to be able to take his word that nothing's going to happen again. You know, I want to be able to look at him and not think about what had happened. Like, you know, everyone makes mistakes and I get that. And I do believe him, you know, when he says he wants it to work, but I just can't like, I tried the pretending and I'm still just not feeling great about it. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of triggers that come up that just make me feel super anxious um, thinking about the situation. So I guess, you know, how, how do I heal if I can heal from this? Just what would be the next steps? Because it's hard for me to take the big leap back into the financial commitment of getting a place together, feeling the way that I feel, if that makes any sense. I actually think I can help you. Tell me about the therapy you've been doing and where that has brought you and if you're still doing it. So the therapy that I was doing um, at the time, uh, I was able to find a therapist uh, through my employee assistance program. Um, I had asked for someone specifically that specialized in relationships and relationship trauma. I did go through about three therapists. We did try a session of couple therapy, which was not successful. And then after that, I still felt like I needed to do therapy for myself. However, it didn't feel helpful. I don't know if it was me or the therapist. Essentially, what I was getting out of it was you have to make a decision. If you can live with it, you can live with it. If you can't, then you have to make a decision as to, you know, how you're going to talk about it or if you're just not going to talk about it and walk away. And um, at the time, he wasn't as receptive to speaking about it as he is now. So obviously it would be different now uh, with the couples therapy. However, I still feel like I need help, you know, personally um, with... I don't want to say making my mind up, but making my mind up because I know that from the therapy that I did go through, I know that ultimately I'm going to have to make a decision as to whether I'm willing to make like a bigger jump so that we can go back to our life together. But, you know, they all spoke about like the next step being an action that I had to take for the relationship to progress. But I, where I'm feeling stuck is, is like trusting my partner again to make that leap. But the therapy didn't feel 
very helpful. I was doing a lot of like reflective exercises and writing things down and I just didn't feel like uh, it was helping me make a decision as to how to approach it. So I did stop after about three months. Ever since then, I've been wanting to find another therapist. However, I don't have the benefits anymore. And uh, it just seems like a very tedious and daunting task. And at this point, there are so many things that I feel I need to iron out that I feel like I need to kind of maybe take a moment for myself to do that before I jump back into therapy, you know, kind of get my thoughts in line about everything. But I have this constant anxiety when I think about him, when I'm not with him, which obviously doesn't help our situation. But I also have an anxiety thinking about going back to normal and just jumping right back into life again together because I'm not settled from the things of the past. So the therapy at the time didn't feel the best for me after the sessions that I did have. And generally that is because you were talking about the situation and every time you were talking about it, you were bringing it up for yourself. And it just reinforces everything rather than moves you through it. Yeah. So when I asked you what you want, you talked more about what you feel and what he could do to make you feel different. I want to know, ultimately, what you want in this relationship, where you want it to go, the end, so to speak. What do you want? I want us to be able to be partners again. I want us to work through our problems, identify our problems, be more open and honest and transparent. I want, you know, a real relationship without all of the drama, without all of the fuss. Like, I want to put in the work to get there, but I want to feel comfortable again. And what would make you feel comfortable? What could he do at this point to make you feel comfortable? Well, a lot of my discomfort comes from jumping back into living together again. This is where I have difficulty deciding what he could do for me. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he could do. Um, at this point or what to ask of him, you know, other than to, uh, I can't ask him to be more honest. I can, but I feel like I can't because that would take, you know, that would take time and I don't know how long is too long to keep trying to feel comfortable with somebody, you know, because a five-year relationship is hard to just walk away from and, you know, I don't want it to be this way, but it's kind of like because there's doubt there already I don't know how to how to fix that or how to ask for help from him as to how to fix that is there something you don't know about the situation are there still questions in your mind you said you saw all of the interactions is that right 
all, no, most of them, yes, like enough, enough that it, you know, was enough. And so what was the most uh, disturbing thing about it? Was it truly just them going over with text? Was it sexting? What was it? It was a number of things. Um, Sexting was one of them. You know, I realized he was talking to her the same way he would talk to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she knew that I was in the picture the entire time. She knew what she was doing. She knew... So it was um, reading the interactions. Um, it was all flirtatious, all a little bickering and bantering, him sharing his life with her and them, you know, for hours and hours and days and days, like teenagers. Okay. What more do you need to know? Um, I don't know if it's a need to know. I guess I need, what I would really need is to know that he has told her that this cannot continue, you know. They were co-workers, so they still catch up every now and and again, but uh, obviously with the situation that happened, I'm just completely uncomfortable with any type of interaction between them. I don't want to be that way. Uh, I want to, you know feel confident in my partner interacting with the opposite sex no matter what but it's like this one's a really sore spot so I think what I would need at this point in time from him in this situation is to know that he said hey listen what's happened has happened but I don't want this to continue anymore I want to you know make my relationship work out she doesn't feel comfortable like I don't know what to what extent he would have to you know go into detail but like just some kind of reassurance that she is aware that he has no desire in that type of relationship continuing with them you know it's sorry I don't want to get into anything deeper there but to answer your question I guess it would be that to have some sort of reassurance that he's at least like communicated that with her clearly so there's no gray area between them you know what I mean and have you asked for that I have not why not um, I'm not sure. Um, when I put myself in front of him or end up having a conversation or get into it um, in any capacity, I start to just freeze up. My body completely tenses up. Um, my palms get sweaty. You know, my heart races out of my chest and I just can't in the moment until I can't not. But as of right now, to this day, I just can't. Uh, I get just physically my body just completely freezes. I get very anxious. um, And it's difficult me to muster up the confidence and and say it. I see. Okay. So I think I can be helpful to you. If you really take it in. And understand what's at play here we're going to unpack it and get to it very quickly and we're going to do that in a moment feeling lost as to where your relationship is at the moment or where it's going if so it's likely because you haven't set your GPS your groom positioning system that is 
Knowing what it takes to get a man to complete commitment, I created a GPS program, the Groom Positioning System, to take the guesswork out of things for you. After all, we know that it's only men who like to wonder. You want to know, and you deserve to know. Time to take the questioning and stress out of your journey to love and fulfillment and finally move forward. Time to get things right and set your GPS on the right course with the right guidance. If you have a possible Mr. Right in your life, check out my groom positioning system. This program has helped women all around the world get complete commitment, engagement, and marriage. And it can for you too. Step into faith over fear this year. Take a leap and let's get moving. Go to coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs for more information on my GPS program. That's coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs. And I'll be joining you on the path to your divine destiny. So we're back with 28-year-old Rosalind, who has just outlined the difficult situation with the man in her life, 28-year-old Jack. And I said I would unpack this for you and get to it and that we can do it very quickly. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it's certainly going to be necessary. I believe what is happening here has quite little to do with Jack. Does that shock you? Um, not completely. Okay. Everything you said about the situation could have been thwarted. Now, I'm not making light of when you found what you found on his phone. So I'm going to use this, Rosalind, as a teaching moment for everybody, okay? And because how things start is super important in a relationship with a man. It doesn't mean you can't ameliorate the effects of how it starts, but when it doesn't start in a very linear fashion that produces the right results, we hurt ourselves as women, unfortunately. Shouldn't be like that. It just is, and we have to accept it. Am I right in assuming that you met him when you were in retail in men's fashion? Yes, like I was working men's retail, but I did not meet him at work. Uh, how did you meet? Uh, we actually met at random. I went to um, a house party with a girlfriend at our hometown, and uh, he was there. Um, a friend that we had grown up with brought him. They worked together, um, so he was a complete and random stranger there by chance. Okay. So how soon did you sleep together? Um, probably two weeks after meeting. And I would say that was three or four dates. Okay. That's pretty good. Great. You moved in three months later, four months later? That is correct. Tell me how come? So it's a pretty big red flag, uh, but... He was at a point in life where what he wanted was to be living 
with a partner. And when I told him that I wasn't ready to do that just yet, he came to me with an ultimatum, essentially, and said, well, if you're not ready to live together, then that's that's the end. And then I took a week, two weeks, and uh, decided to move in. Hmm. Very curious. What did you make of him saying, you know, as a man, I need you to live with me? Did he need a roommate to pay rent? Uh, what do you feel? I mean, it could be all manner of things. Or he was too insecure in terms of you living alone and him not being right there every moment, having you every night. What, what was it, do you think? Um, I definitely think the latter of what you said, actually, that, you know, he just wanted me to be there all the time. He wanted to share a life with somebody to that extreme of literally living together, right? At the time, I thought the same thing that, you know, he just wanted to have that type of relationship where he was sharing his life with somebody. It didn't come off. It was in a very comfortable situation for me, especially being honest about not wanting to yet, you know, and the pressure coming back at me saying, well, if you don't like, then we're done because I was already very invested in this person. And I guess at the time, what was holding me back was just the fact that this was so new to me and I'd never met somebody, you know, and then within three months, like moved in, I just not just, but I had a relationship that I'd gotten out of that was two or three years and it never came up in question, mind you, you know, obviously that was um, a long time ago, but at the time I just wasn't ready to do it and having it put in front of me, like it's either this or that. Um, I didn't want the that, you know, I wanted this. So I just went and followed suit. So you say red flag. What was it to you that was a red flag about that? You know, just the fact that uh, it was being approached in that way with an ultimatum. It's one thing to approach somebody and say, hey, listen, um, I really enjoy spending my time with you. I'd love to spend more of my time with you. You know, this is what I would want. How do you feel about that? Kind of like have a more comfortable conversation, you know, where you can decide as equal partners how you'd like to move forward versus the way it did. Versus controlling. Yeah. It's a control move. Without offering you marriage, did that ever come up? Oh, you want me to live with you? Do you, What about marriage? It didn't come up that early. As the years went on, it did come up. And um, the character that he was showing me was a very very kind, loving, caring character when everything was good and everything was happy. And, um, you know, after about three years in, we were talking about, you know, kind of like the, the future and dreaming of a life together and conversation of like, you know, how we'd be as parents and just, you know, with all the things going on in the world right now, um, we that would come in conversation a lot. And he said all the right things when everything was good. 
he actually gave me a promise ring. I think it was our second Christmas together, and that was pretty overwhelming. So, you see, you just gave me the key there, too. A promise ring was overwhelming to you two years in. So, from the start, when I said this has very little to do with Jack, what do you think I meant by that? Um, That... I have some sort of issue, um, you know, that I haven't dealt with. And I like to put it this way because I don't want you to think of it as you have an issue, okay? But there is something that you got programmed into you very early on that has rendered you very anxious. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. This is where we need to look at it. So when you were very, very young, I mean birth to seven, what was going on around you? Birth to seven, I... It's difficult for me to reflect that far back. Not reflect, just tell me. I was a baby with my parents. Um, I had a sibling. Uh, um, Dad was there. He wasn't there. Mom was stressed. Wasn't like that kind of thing. Not what you think happened, but just kind of if you had to do an overview of just, you know, what life was. Uh, It would have been, um, I had both mom and dad. Um, Mom was a really hard worker, not to say dad wasn't, um, but uh, old school Chinese dad, uh, Filipino mom. Uh And um, I witnessed, I can't remember if it's exactly this time, but I just feel like there was always kind of an imbalance in their marriage and their relationship. Uh, I remember early on, uh, because we were living at a certain address at the time, um, and I was this young, so it would have been that time, but it got to the point where I saw my mom question if she wanted to be in her marriage, and I guess ever since then, she's just kind of been, or I've just witnessed her be very um, standoffish and kind of hold back to, you know, make sure things kind of just go smoothly. Um, Otherwise, if I wasn't very observant of those things I don't think I would have known but I was very observant they were but weren't around um, you know because they worked very hard I had my grandmother raise me early on in life uh, just while my parents would go to work she lived with us and she was there okay you hit on it you were very observant because every baby is very observant and observant in a way that we can't, as adults, truly understand. When we are born, and until age about seven, we live completely in our subconscious mind. It's why we don't have many memories of that time. We don't come into the age of consciousness, and of course this is a, you know, an amorphous time, but age seven... And that's why age seven is called the age of reason. 
That's when we start living in our conscious mind. But everything that you're talking about now with Jack is related to your subconscious programming. You said your mom was unhappy, disquieted, not showing you that marriage and relationships make you happy, they are secure, that they're filled with angst and turmoil and not a lot of joy. Is that about right? It sounds sounds about right. Okay. You see, we think that it's what we're told and what's said to us. That's only about 20% of it, maybe 30. 70 to 80% of it is the energy coming off of your parents. What you, your baby mind, which is this amazing, super fast-paced computer taking in information. And the information is, as I said, 70 to 80% energy. And then you add in stuff that's said. And then you add in, for you, you just said you were given to your grandma for a large part of it. Believe it or not, for the baby, and again, this doesn't make sense to us as adults because we're able to rationalize it and understand the whys, but for the baby, it's, I'm abandoned. And when I say baby, I mean almost till age seven. I'm pushed off on grandma, meaning I'm not worthy of time. I'm not worthy of attention. I'm not valuable. Modern society, and and this just has to be, but unfortunately, modern society does not rear children and I mean zero to seven, in a way that is most, is really best, is useful. The only people who are really doing it are tribal people. Because for a baby, you know, we see pictures of um, indigenous people. The baby is on the hip of the mother and never leaves. That's what the baby needs. Now, we can't do that in our modern society. But your anxiety was programmed in you then. And lots of stuff about relationships and not trusting, being fearful, and commitment, and all of it. If we take you back a little bit, that it sounds like your relationship, until you found this out, was fairly good. And you were going along... I don't know why it uh, caused you great anxiety to get the promise ring, but again, that has to do with, oh my God, getting tied to someone. And again, this doesn't make rational sense to you as an adult. It's the subconscious saying to you, "Uh uh-oh, unhappiness. It doesn't make sense to us rationally. When we feel compelled, when we're feeling anxiety, that's our subconscious. And it has taken over. And it's why you're struggling so much. There is lack of trust. Because there is nothing Jack can do other than what you outlined for me, which you're not even capable of asking for. Because 
quite frankly, I think he would do it in a moment. But then you would have to actually move forward. And your subconscious is doing everything to say, don't do that. You're going to be abandoned. Relationship caused you to be unhappy. It's work and toil and not much joy. It's like being hypnotized. And that's where the work has to be done. If you don't get to that, and a lot of therapy doesn't, because talking about it with your rational mind does nothing to do it. We have to do kind of a a reprogramming. What do you think about what I've said? It feels good to hear you say something that makes sense in all of this, because in my mind, it's extremely um, jumbled and uh, it's hard for me to put my finger on a lot of things. But as I was hearing you speak about it and, uh, and unravel it, it, it really resonates with me. And uh, I agree because I feel a lot of where these feelings are stemming from, or even just that they take up so much of my energy is something a lot deeper inside of me that I would really like to address because, you know, not only is it affecting me in this relationship, but just also overall as a person, you know? Yes. And I'm of a belief because I do this work with women every day that it's absolutely possible to do it within the context of a relationship. We hear all the time, you know, I have to get right with myself first. Well, I say, good luck with that. Because when we're, we become women, we have men in our lives, it's almost Herculean to say, okay, no men now, I'm going to get right with myself first. And frankly, if you lived on a deserted island, you would have no idea that you have any issues of anxiety with people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's actually through interacting and having to have a relationship that these things come up. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you're saying. So we need to do it in the context of a relationship, I'm hearing that this man loves you a lot and wants to do anything to please you and you can't ask him the thing he can do because your subconscious is saying, oh, no, no, no. What's going to happen then? Fear, not a baseline safety, security. You see, whether or not it was true that you had it, And I'm going to say, and go out on a limb, you had a lot of it with your parents. But you see, you were a total subconscious being that had no rationality, ability to juxtapose anything. Meaning that in the scheme of things right now, you, as the 28-year-old woman you are, you know that your parents provided you a a good, solid home, foundation, made you a good person, contributing member of society, 
all manner of the good things, right? Yeah. You know that rationally, huh? Because you can juxtapose it against so much other, so much other worse and so much other better, right? You're somewhere in the middle. You didn't have the best. You didn't have the worst, correct? Yes. Okay. That's your rational, conscious mind. You had none of that from birth to six, seven, eight years old. None of it. And here's the kicker. What we know psychologically about children that age, no matter what it is that's happening, said, done, energy, all of it, it is taken in at a rapid pace that no matter what it is, you are the cause. Not that it's happening to you. You are the cause. We are in a state that we cannot imagine as rational beings because it, it doesn't make any sense to us as adults. But the baby is every single thing that they feel happens to them, energy, environment, they're the cause of it. So when you are left not given what you need in the moment, all of it, the baby you intuits, I caused it. So if I'm abandoned, I'm not lovable, worthy, valuable, chosen. I cannot trust anyone to be there for me, not hurt me, not abandon me. And this is what, after we are seven and moving forward in our lives, everything we do and see in our environment is under the lens of that programming, meaning we will keep replicating it. We seek to validate in all we do, every relationship, that which we were programmed to believe. This is why I'm telling you it has very little to do with Jack. Because here's how it could have been different. From the outset, I'm going to guess that you were trepidatious moving in, but felt you had to please him so in order to not lose the relationship. Is that right? Yes. I bet you can correlate that back to something in your earliest programming. Did somebody have to please dad or somebody have to please mom in order to get their needs met? Yes, most definitely for, for dad. Okay. Okay. There we go. So you do that against your better judgment. You would have liked to have waited, right? Yes. But it's, you find out he's kind, he's good. Mm, it, it either came from his deep insecurity about the relationship and he needed to know that you were right there for fear of someone else grabbing you. 
Jack needed you there for fear of somebody else, like, honing in on his woman, perhaps. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So then you find out, you know, he's great and things are going along. How is it that you felt anxious when he wants a deeper commitment? You see, doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Rational sense? No. Because despite your intellect and what you know, your subconscious is underneath shouting at you without words. And that's where the anxiety comes from. This is one of the umbrellas that I work under, which is to deal with that part of things for any woman in any situation, because it's here for every single human. Nobody escapes it. And like I said, it's to what degree? Because if we're counting on the baby, right? It, <laughs> it's always going to be something. It's just to what degree and to what degree the environment was healthy, peaceful, stable, secure, and happy, healthy parents. So, if we look at it under the lens of if you did not have that programming, several things might have happened. When Jack wanted you to move in and gave you an ultimatum, you would have felt entitled, confident, secure. I'm not ready to do that, and I don't move in with men to whom I'm not married or engaged. But because you were fearful of getting attached in that way, it was the farthest thing from your mind likely to solidify it with engagement or marriage. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what works best with men. That's what I'm saying. Not a jack issue. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay, you do. And then he shows you he wants more commitment, deeper, and it still produces, when you get the promise ring, even more anxiety. Then, go along, and this happens with the coworker. That is quite black and white and simple. I have found this. It is unacceptable, and I'm done. And you go. Then exactly what would happen happened, and he comes back pretty much begging for you to return. But not with all machinations that has occurred. It's just black and white. You did this, I cannot trust, and I'm done. And you leave. Then he comes back, he's begging for you to be back, and it would be very simple. This is what I need. I need to see it. It needs to be in text. It needs to be done. I need to be shown. And I do not come back without a ring and a date. You see, expecting that this kind of thing would not have come up in five years with a 28-year-old man who is not married is unrealistic. Does that shock you that I say it? 
Not so much. So I need to hear what you were thinking and feeling after I laid all that out. I think that if I were to have approached going back in that way, I feel confident that he would have done that. Um, I can't say I feel confident that it wouldn't happen again. And I think that that doubt is a big roadblock in me being very white, black and white about it and uh, moving forward. Um, I'm worried of, you know, being put in that situation again, going through all those emotions again. Um, yeah, because you're going right back to what it is that is your core issue. Yeah. You see, no person, nobody is going to be able to assuage those doubts and fears because they're coming from you. If he were to do what you ask, which you can't even get there, because that would mean you would have to take action on it. In other words, you give somebody what you need, they do it, you have to move then forward with it. And that's where you're caught. Because it's, even if he did that, you're questioning, well, he do it again. This is your issue because no person can give you more than their solid mm, commitment to you and to not do it again. They cannot control whether or not you can step into belief. And the reason you can't doesn't really have to do with him. He's just the man of the moment. And if you don't do it with him, it'll come back with another man. So it's up to you to decide, is this the man I want for my life? Or do I want another? Because again, wherever we go, there we are. It's because we're bringing our subconscious stuff into it, into any relationship. This is where your work needs to be done. And this is why I work under both umbrellas. It has to be this and what you do to work on your subconscious because there are things you actually can do with your conscious mind to work on your subconscious. And then the behaviors with him and guiding him. You say it was started out as an emotional affair with him because there was something he was feeling that he couldn't address with you, perhaps. I don't know. And even, even if it's not, and you say, mm-hmm, do you know what that is? Uh, yeah, it was uh, discussed. Um, he mentioned that he was unhappy with me uh, during a certain time and that he couldn't talk to me uh, and that he could talk to her. 
Okay. Um, I, I don't know whether that's, you know, uh, valid or not. Mm-hmm. But we have to know as women being the the sexy mothers we are for the man. And that's a, my next book because it's so important that we understand our role and what we bring to things and must provide to guide the man to the relationship we want. Because I'm hearing that he's a good choice. Other than this, and if it was seriously just emotional and sexting, and they actually didn't have anything physical, it sounds like you're pretty sure of that. Yes, I (laughs) don't want to... uh... Yeah, I feel sure about it. Um, Again, there is doubt, but... Uh, he's seen me, you know, kind of at the bottom, me being honest about my feelings and why. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to, even though it hasn't really proven me great in the past, um, I'm not trying to make it worse for myself or us. And I'm trying to take his word for it um, and believe him when he says that nothing physical happened. That's, you know, that's just what it is. So the fact that he restrained himself to that because it sounds like this woman would have yes absolutely she would have from the messages that i read um you know she wasn't happy in her marriage or whatever the reason may be but she most certainly would have okay and he didn't yeah it is incumbent upon us when someone comes with sincere wishes, apologies, all of it, to forgive and move on. And when I say forgive and move on, it's either way. Forgive and move on and get out of it, or forgive. And people say, well, things are forgivable or unforgivable. Forgiveness is forgiveness. You just either do or you don't. The reason why you are struggling, again, has little to do with this particular situation. There's nothing more he can do except if you ask, but you're too afraid to ask because if he does, you have to do something. You are making yourself stuck, and it has to do with your programming and what is underneath That's where all of the feelings come and you can't move and you freeze and all of that that's coming from that. And that must be reprogrammed and changed. And we can do that as adults. We now have a choice. We didn't then. We were programmed by people that we, you know, were not chosen for us, right? They uh, were just there and did it. But you're no longer the cause in terms of what happened to you as a baby. You can now choose something else. And you must. And you must in order to move through it. 
And generally, for anybody, if you're doing therapy and it's not getting you there, this is the reason why. Because you're dealing with it from your conscious mind. It's not going to change. It's just more talking about it and reinforcing it. So if it's not doing this kind of work with someone like me, where it's both, then do hypnotherapy. And that has to be good. It has to be the core reasons, right? The core programming. If you don't change that, you will not be able to forgive. You will not be able to let go. You will not be able to trust. You will not be able to move forward in this relationship. And it will come up in another yeah, I definitely want to do the work. I feel exhausted. I feel tired. I feel, you know, lethargic. And I want, like, I have the I have the want and the, the will to take the next steps and just struggling with, you know, finding the right person to talk to. You know, I really don't want this to be how things are. Hearing you speak about all of this again, it's resonating with me a lot. And um, it's intriguing and it's, it's, you know, in a way exciting because, you know, I'm really gunning for that light at the end of the tunnel and I really want to move forward and I really do want to go back to being um, in a healthy and healthy relationship and fix it and progress and move on and learn from these things. But, you know, first and foremost, yeah, just personally dissect that diagnosis and, um, you know, work on it. That's great to hear. Yes, you can do it. Everyone can. Everyone can move the needle on this. It's simple, but it's not easy. It takes commitment. It does take the work. And it takes finding someone who gets this. I came to all of this via... The manifesting community. And if you look into that, um, you will see that it's much deeper than just looking at something that you want and power positive thinking and all that. It really does go into this subconscious realm and what has happened. So it embodies childhood psychology and all that we know in that area, certainly uh, how we form biologically, uh, our brains, all of it. It's, it's a really fascinating multi-modality uh, way of working. And for me, I utilize that as well as doing what we know works with men and all of the, you know, approaches and how we need to be uh, because we are two different genders that are black and white, night and day, sun and rain, stop and go, on and off, male and female. And these things work and then we can have our relationships in a way that suits both of us as the women and men 
in them. So I hope this gave you a an overview today, and we can always talk further uh, outside of this podcast about where you go from here. But I'm really uh, happy that you did this because I think it was a great example for so many women who are struggling with exactly this type of thing in their relationship. So I, I want to hear your and thoughts and, and thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a pleasure. Um, you know, I recently stumbled upon you, watched a couple of your lives and um, have been following you um, on socials when, I, when I'm on there and uh, have watched a couple of your videos. And um, it was really comforting to hear you um, speak on a lot of different topics. And um, I actually, at the beginning of all of this, uh, six months ago, um, when I was really searching for answers, really trying to find ways to help myself, I found you, and uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been really eager to speak to you, just kind of going through what I've been going through, and you know, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing these insights with me, because uh, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that there is somewhere else that I can focus my energy and my effort um, to move forward, um, because I do feel extremely stuck, and uh, it affected me in so many different ways, and um, it's a super pivotal time in my life and, um, you know, it feels unfair in a way. However, um, something that I've done is really, um, taken a step back from the situation and, uh, I try to observe it in all aspects, not just how I'm feeling. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm really eager to uh, continue this journey um, and develop myself uh, further into a happier, you know, human. Um, but yeah, no, it was really great. Thank you so much for your time, Paula. You're welcome. I hope you are able to see from this discussion how important it is that you get to the root cause of what's going on and not necessarily make it about the man of the moment. Now, we don't know what can transpire when we let go of making things about the man and what he is doing. Letting go is not so simple when we are tied to our programming, and our programming is leading everything we are doing. We are not even aware of it. And in this case, this is all that is happening. It is keeping Rosalind from making a decision and keeping her stuck in a way that is valuable to her at this moment. It really is. She must face what is really at play here Only then will she be able to move through it and actually see if she can have forgiveness. I hope this is helpful for you today. If you are in any kind of situation like this, listen to this again. It's super important if you are questioning, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense to me. 
Uh, we didn't get to what it is that Rosalind needs to do with her man, what she needs to say, what she needs to do, etc., etc. And that is because it is not about that in this case. And we need to get Rosalind to a certain place first before we can ever even think about this other part of it, which is, again, what we do and say with the man in question. If we're not taking this approach of both the subconscious and what we're doing in the 3D world, we miss a whole important component and we will remain stuck. If you are stuck, this could be at play for you. And I hope you will take heed and listen to this again. It is such a great conversation about it. It is such a good example of what I'm talking about. And I'm so grateful that Rosalind took the time to do this. And hopefully this will be helping her to move forward and become unstuck this year. And whether that is with Jack or alone or with someone else, to be finally free. Many times we look at staying stuck as not useful, but it's actually keeping Rosalind safe. Think about that one. And if you are wondering about your situation, connect with me by going to makehimwonder.com. We can be talking on this podcast or we can be talking in an individual consultation. There are many ways. And if you are interested and you know you want to move forward quickly, just write to Michelle at coachpaulagrooms.com and say, I'd like the options to talk to Paula. What are they? And she will send them to you. In the meantime, you know how important it is to be working on yourself in the way we just outlined, but also making him wonder. Wonder.